Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 118. This week, we have another very motherfucking special guest for you guys, you boys and girls out there in the punk rock and wrestling world. Um, We like to bring musicians on here that, uh, you know, we were influenced by, that we're fans of, that um, are also in the pro wrestling so they can share their stories with the entire world. Why? Because it's fucking cool to do so. And this week, we have none other than the motherfucking mayor of Brutalville, Jeff Clayton from ASIT. What's going on, brother? What's up there, man? Just chilling, chilling at the Monday Monday night as of this recording. Uh, I'm not watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I'm going to push you back an hour. Sorry about that, man. Oh, no, no. I'm not watching because it, it's the drizzling shit. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be watching watching it either, so. <laughs> it's all good, man. How's everything going in your world, man? Man, it's good. Everything's good down here. Hell yeah. Good to hear, dude. I hate that we don't, you know, get to go out and play or anything, but, you know, other than that, I guess under the circumstances, everything is as good as it can be. Have you guys uh, done anything as far as, like, the quarantine jams and all that shit that everybody's doing. Yeah, man, we did a live show back on uh, June 13th, um, seen by uh, 18,000 people. Fuck yeah. It was the greatest thing on the internet. How'd you miss? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I miss a lot of things. Were you asleep <laughs> up there in Indiana? <laughs> I could be. I very well could be. Um, how is that compared to, I mean, it's really just the same as fucking practicing for you guys then, isn't it? We didn't do it like a practice. A lot of groups are doing that. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, it's our practice, you know, and you guys can see us. Now, we hired a sound crew that was not afraid of COVID-19. <laughs> We hired a light crew and uh, a sound man. And there's a, a PA, lights, uh, set design, everything. We did it like a live show. I told the guys, I said, I don't, get it. I don't care if we fumble and mess up the whole song. Keep going. we got to plow through, man. We ain't stopping and giggling about it. We're going to keep going. And we're going to play it just like a live show. And I told I told him, I said, you know, keep this in mind. We're probably playing to the biggest crowd we've ever played to in our career. Yes. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And uh I think it went real well. Matter of fact, yeah. it went so well that it's going to come out as a uh, LP and CD uh, sometime <laughs> in September. <laughs> I fucking love that, brother. Got to capitalize on the moment, man. <laughs> Super fucking cool. Um, what was I going to ask you about that? Uh, so, in the midst of doing all this, it's fucking weird, though. You know, I, I play in a band myself, and we've been kind of tossing around the idea of uh, doing something like this. I mean, you know, we, we do grindcore and all that shit, and we've always kind of went hard in the paint, whether there was, like, one person there or, you know, a couple hundred people or whatever. But it, it's funny, like you said, the you know, you potentially could have been playing in front of the most people you ever played in front of, you know? And it's not like you guys are any slouch band. You guys anti definitely a brand and a fucking name that a lot of people are familiar with. I mean, you guys have been around forever, man. Forever in a day. <laughs> yeah, forever in the motherfucking day. Record with Gigi Allen and all that shit. <laughs> That's something I want to touch upon here uh, tonight, too. But um, I really want to get into some wrestling talk with you, man. You seem to be all up on the uh, the hardcore shit. Uh, you definitely got that Mick Foley vibe, you know, with the 
the flannel and the barbed wire bat, and when you play, you're rubbing the barbed wire on your head and headbutting it, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, all, all kind of nonsense like that. Yeah, yeah. Really cool shit, though, man. Let's backtrack a little bit. Um, when there was a, maybe you were a wee Jeff Payton, how how old were you when you got into wrestling? Well, man, you know, uh, on a bunch of our late-night drives home from wherever state we're in to back to the Carolinas, we, we talk about wrestling and, you know, stuff that we grew up on, you know. And I, I, I've tried to pinpoint the very time, but, I man, I really can't because it was just around. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, a grandpa watched it all the time, and, you know, and uh, it sounds it sounds hokey, but he was one of those dudes that he yelled at the TV, would throw the TV guide at it. You know, he, that was real. Yeah. It's not something that they make up. It happened. I saw mm-hmm. it, and it was, you know, the black and white wrestling at that point. Right. The, the 60s, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. and I just remember um, one of the first live wrestling events I ever saw and I and I don't know what group it would have been, but it was in a small town in Pfeiffer College, uh, near the place I grew up in uh, New London, North Carolina. And um it had people there like uh, um I just really remember Bulldog Brower. He really really left an impression on me. You know, and um I think it was a uh, Rip and Buzz Tyler. It was it was guys like that. I don't, I don't remember there being any really big names, but I just remember watching Bulldog Brower seeing that reaction he got and how he kinda of scared the hell out of me and I really, really liked that, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, uh, a typical Saturday for us was, you know, watching cartoons in American Bandstand and going out and raising hell for a while and come back in and to catch the wrestling at three, you know, and yeah. it, it, it was the Mid-Atlantic. And we watched that stuff, you know, from um, very early time. And um, and I guess I kept with it, I kept with it all the way until I moved out of New London and I moved to uh, Charlotte. And uh, I moved into an apartment that had something, you may have heard of it, uh, it's called Cable. <laughs> I, I hooked it up to the TV and I saw this thing called Georgia Championship. And I was like, yeah. And I've seen a lot of these dudes in the magazines, but I've never seen them perform, you know? And, mm-hmm. And so the whole new world of that stuff was opened up for me. But, uh, you know, and, and I stayed a fan. I, I stayed a casual fan throughout the uh, the mid-'80s or, or the late-'80s into the early-'90s, I guess. I stayed a casual fan. I wasn't as gung-ho into it. And then uh, and then I guess I started, you know, with all when they started getting the shows on Saturdays, like um, 605, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, WCW. Yeah, you know, and um, watching all that, and then, you know, of course, the Monday Night War started up, and then came the Attitude Era and all that stuff, and, you know, and, and I stayed I stayed loyal all the way up pretty far into that. Then it just got to be too much for me, and I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially when a lot of the guys that you love watching up and, all, and all of them are dying off. Yeah. And, and I know there's a shitty attitude toward new guys coming up, but, man, I mean... Uh, Sometimes I just can't force it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like I can tell you the last pay-per-view I paid for. What's that? Uh, was when Shawn Michaels retired Flair. So there was Mania. was one of the Manias. Like, uh, I can't remember which number. I think it was, like, early. Was it early 30s or 28 or something? I can't remember. I, 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 man, I can't remember. I just remember, you know, that was going to be Flair's swan song. Right. I watched it. I saw Michaels do the getting ready for sweet chin music. Told Flair he loved him, and then popped him. He cried like a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I know it's a work, but man, I'm still like, oh, good, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's cool. That's you know, I mean, that's why we're sitting here talking. That's why I like fucking talking. To anybody that you know mm-hmm. gets that emotion from it because it is. I mean, you know, everybody knows what wrestling is, but when it can do something like that to you and derive such emotion from a person, that's that's fucking entertainment. That's good entertainment, you know. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something, man. I, I was in one of the starcades uh, here in Charlotte, and, I, and I can't, I'm sorry, but I cannot remember numbers very well, man. I, I'm, I'm terrible about that. So, <laughs> but um, it was a it was a match where Flair won the belt back from Vader. Oh shit! Okay, I remember and, that. And it was the one where, and it it was also the same show where where Flair broke his tooth. Mm-hmm. And he was crying, he was running bloody as hell, and crying. Because he was in enormous pain. Because that tooth just broke, you know. He had to go to the emergency room after. Man, I remember when he won that belt, we were just on the floor. We were like five rows away from the ring, you know. Oh, and, man. 
complicated shit and everything. And man, people were hugging each other and didn't even know each other. <laughs> Me and my brother were cheered up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, dude. That's so fucking. You know, awesome. you're like you're so overcome with emotion, and then you just want to go out and fight somebody. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, dude. Super kick. Hell yeah, brother. That 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 is what it is all about, man. Um me and Shredden have been the hell of shows here within the last uh couple of years since we've been doing this and you know, even before I met him we started doing this as a kid, I've been to a bunch of shows and uh dude, it really is. There's nothing you can go to a sports game, you know, whatever fucking sports team you like, or go to a movie and if it's something you're really into, yeah, it'll it'll fucking it'll get you. But man, dude, there's just something about like that raw feeling with professional wrestling when it's good and it's on fire. To me, there's nothing that really tops it, you know, unless it's like seeing a fucking band that you are amazed with, you know, or some shit like that, you know, like say imagine seeing like Sabbath or something like in the heyday, like this fucking rocket. Like it, there's words can't really describe it, you know. I mean, you. Man, I'm, there, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, there, there's been times and the most recent was when we played Japan mm-hmm. there's grown men yeah. in the sobbing because they never thought they'd ever see us man and I just I take them and I hug them I hug the stand man believe me <laughs> man <laughs> in, in Japan you know huge wrestling culture over there um, New Japan Pro Wrestling is absolutely huge right now and it's one of the promotions that kind of started this latest little boom here in wrestling um What's it like going over there? Because I've seen that with a few other bands. I think I saw, like, Debo over there and shit, and I was like, man, it's some bands you wouldn't think that would be, like, translate well over to Japanese culture. But, I mean, and they're over there, like, singing the fucking songs and shit. Like, what was it like when you guys were over there? Man, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Ever since I was a young kid, I wanted to go to Japan, man, because, I, you know, I fell in love with all that kaiju stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I watch Ultraman every day. You know, and and to me, you know, studying Japan on my own, mm. whenever we were studying in school, you know, I was uh, and and I just I wanted to go, and I was just you know, I, man, uh, this year I'm going to turn 57, and I went to Japan. It was for three days, three shows. It was for four days, three shows, mm-hmm. and I found out that the treatment we got. Uh, I mean, it was it was what what bands strive for. I mean, right. we, we were given a hotel. We were told what time our car would be around to pick us up. In Japanese, and they say we're going to be there at three o'clock. They don't mean three o five. And they take you to the place. You know, feed you. You know, the, they say the show starts at eight. Man, we were on stage at this one place, seven fifty nine, and they, they looked at us and they shook their head, nope, and they waited and they waited till that clock hit eight, and then they raised the damn curtain up. Man, like, all right, the show starts at eight. We started eight, not seven fifty nine, motherfuckers. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, and man, the fans were just so. I mean, they 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 figured they'd never see you know because we're talking we're a band now into our thirty sixth year at this point. Yeah, thirty six years and we've never stepped foot over there. We've had records out over there. We've had CDs over there. We had the great Mister Pogo posed for our greatest hits <laughs> yeah. of, of of the uh, CD we did over there. He, he posed for the picture wearing an anti team shirt and tearing anti team records up. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we've had all this. So they know who we are, but it never happened. Well, what 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 turned out to be was there was this young man coming up, right? Cutsu Blizzard. Mm-hmm along with another group called the uh, Shootmaster, which by that name, you can tell they're wrestling in Florida. Right. Well, the lead singer, he is now the new Mr. Pogo. Okay. He, wears, he wears the gimmick. He does, he does it all. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's like, you know, they're, they're so, so loving people and just real, you know, they just come up and they, and he was telling me, you know, you know, cause I always called him, um, what do I call him? I, I always give people nicknames, but he told me, he's just like, I, I am now Mr. Pogo. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. And it turned out we were only going to do Friday and Saturday. But a wrestling federation from over there called First Ring mm-hmm. found out that we were over. And they were like, look, this may be the only time they come. We got to have them. And we don't do shows on Sunday, but we'll do one on Sunday to have them. And it was a tri- it was a tribute show to Mr. Pogo. And um, uh, what what is the... Uh, 
It's not Jim Jim Kasai, but the other the other blonde fella that does the hardcore stuff. Oh, because of the I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. No, no, it's, I, I get it. Besides uh, the one, is he the one that wears the goggles? No, that's Jim Kasai. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of, I know what you're talking it's about. It's the other guy, but the blonde guy, you know, Japanese guy. Anyway, uh, he was there, and man, they, uh, it was way bigger than we, we expected it was going to be. And uh, so it was like a, a hardcore match and a band, a hardcore match, you know, and uh, we got to play with Japanese band uh, Abigail. Mm. And uh, when we played, we were the last thing after the last match. And um, and it, it was, I forgot to mention, it was also my 50th birthday. <laughs> Killer. And well, I couldn't think of a better way to spend the goddamn birthday. A death match in Japan to get to play? <laughs> yeah. No shit, man. Japan, like home of the fucking death match, you know? And, uh, you know, they made us like the grand marshals of the whole event. We They gave us stashes with our things on. We kept these little plastic balls that you sign. You throw them into the crowd and stuff. You know, all the wrestlers had them and everything. Mm. It, was, it was pretty incredible. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, that's <laughs> the dream come true, dude. It certainly was, yeah. I'd love to go. I, Japan's one place I haven't hit up yet. Um it's definitely somewhere I've wanted to go since I was a kid and all the amazing wrestling talent that's come from over there. And, uh, I was a huge Samurai Sunday, um, fan as a kid. They used to have all the fucking martial arts movies and shit on. Man, dude, it's, and I just, I love like what I perceive the culture to be and what you kind of said. It's, it's super respectful. You know, they're very like precise, like on time. It's all about respect over there, you know? Man, check this out. I, I, you know, like one of the mornings, you know, like all of us would get up and we just walk our separate ways all over the place. You know, because we're in like bad areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and man, like, like, I just uh, grabbed something to drink and I heard someone this overpass just watching the construction crew get ready for some work, for the work today. And you might think, well, you're that bored, you know, but I'm telling you, man, it was, it was something to see. Dudes <laughs> like, lined up. They had their hard hats under their arms. The foreman tells them, "Hey, oh, you know, now they're hype." And I was like, "God damn, this is amazing!" You know, <laughs> loved it, loved. It. I loved everything about Japan, man. The only thing I didn't like was a fifteen-hour plane ride. But man, you know, I'll do it again in a minute. Yeah, fuck yeah. Would you say it's probably your, that's definitely then your most favorite place that you've ever played? I mean, you guys been rocking around for a long fucking time. We've we played well since Japan now we've played uh, eighteen countries in the world and uh mm-hmm. that was my favorite by far. Yes. You got any horror stories from anywhere you've been overseas? Jesus Christ, yes. <laughs> Give me one real quick. Well the last mind. time the last time we went over to Europe, um, two thousand sixteen and uh, you know, we go and man, we, we're playing with negative approach and uh it's going great. First First show, I think they said was sold out, you know, and mm-hmm. it's 2016, the United States is in the news, and I said, I raised my hand and said, make Germany great again. <laughs> well, I was kind of referring to 1991 when we first went over there, but everyone else assumes you mean 1941, so, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so... Uh, our, our tour kept getting, like, every show kept getting canceled, canceled, canceled. And um, some some places refused to bow down to the PC, uh, um, you know, cancel mob. And said, mm-hmm. you guys are going to play here. This is, you know, in Germany, where anti-scene, you know, got, got big. You know, y'all going right. to play here, you know? So there were a lot of people that stuck by us and realized, you know, they, they and some of these, these promoters have known us for 20 years. They know, I mean, they wouldn't work with us if we were those right. kind of people. They would have exactly. paid our airfare to be over there, you know? Mm-hmm. Silly. Silly. <laughs> yeah, there's some ridiculous shit going on in the world. I mean, how, how are you handling that? I mean, because it, you know, here's my take on it. I try not to be, uh, I mean, I don't care if I'm offensive to people, but I don't go out of my way, you know what I mean, to like necessarily hurt anybody's feelings or directly go like at somebody. I mean, unless it's well fucking deserved. I mean, because let's face it, we've all met fucking assholes in our lives that ain't worth the fucking time of the day, but, you know, um, how was that for you guys? And, like, you know, I mean, anybody familiar with anti-scene and um, just kind of, like, your whole, guys' whole mentality, not saying, you know, like I said, I'm not saying you guys are fucking straight-up assholes or anything, but you guys are just some real motherfuckers, you know? And, and in this day and age where it's like, man, you can't even make a, a joke out of like certain things and subjects. <laughs> well, man, I mean, like like back when we were uh, 
you know, really kind of um, using the um, rebel flag imagery, you know, for us, it basically meant we're from the South and we're proud of it. And we don't right. like it or not. That's what it meant to us. It meant rebel. Mm-hmm. We were not, we, you know, we're, all of us in the beginning were all small town guys, man. We didn't use a rebel flag imagery trying to reignite the Civil War. Right. That's ridiculous thinking. You know, we grew up watching watching and listening to Leonard Skinner in Black Oak, Arkansas, stuff like that. Hell yeah. Everybody else tries to hide their Southern accent, tries to hide the fact that they are from bumfuck little town, South Carolina, North Carolina, whatever. But right. we, we're proud of it, and we still are. It's just that the thing that we used to use is now considered a hate emblem. Now, I can't help that what we used got bastardized by the uh, PC culture. Mm-hmm. But it did. That, that's the battle we lost. And I'm not I'm not willing to jeopardize the safety of my band members, businesses of the people that uh, put out our records or book us tours or, uh, um, you know, have any kind of management with us. What, I'm not ready to put them in jeopardy just to um, do something that used to be just to not only annoy people. Yeah. Right. I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's colors, it's colors and some things, stars and put together and whatever. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm up here. It doesn't have symbolism to, really to me at all, but. It wouldn't make sense just, for you. Right. Right. And it's just, but I do get it. It's also awesome that, Hey man, you understand it. And it's like, fuck it. It's not worth it. People are going to make such a fucking uproar about it. It ain't worth making me and my own the people around me making their lives fucking miserable, you know, over what some clearly that people can't fucking stop right now because, you know, obviously there's not more important shit going on in the world, but whatever. No, no shit, man. And, and you know, there was, there was 10 years before we incorporated it. There was 10 years since it kind of faded out. We're, we're more than that. We're not just, we're not the uh, poster boys for trying to, to reignite the Civil War. So, you know, yeah. That you know, give a shit for oh, you guys, you guys used to be used to be wild and racist. Now you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Well, that kind of, that's kind of a good segue into uh, something I want to talk about here because I mean, you guys, I mean, you basically did the last recordings with um, the gentleman. I shouldn't say a gentleman. Um, <laughs> probably, in my opinion, and Stratton gives me flack about this because he's not a fan of him. But I, I maybe I'll get shit for saying this, but I respect the man because he was who he was, and I'm not necessarily condoning. I shouldn't have to justify myself, but you know, PC culture, whatever. We don't want to get canceled, boys and ghouls. Um, that was himself, and he was to me the epitome of punk rock because to me, punk rock is just this attitude. It's not a fuck. It's not what you wear, you know, how you look or any of that shit. I mean, he was himself, and I'm talking about Gigi Allen, guy who I don't think would fare too well in today's society and culture, but. Um, if you don't mind, man, real quick, what was that like, like uh, recording with him and uh, cutting, you know, those tracks and shit with Gigi? And what was he like with you guys? Well, man, with, with us, you know, uh, it's like I found an article on him in uh, Maximum Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, I think our guitarist, the late, great Joe Young, probably. Yes. And, uh, he showed me, man, check this dude out. You know, read this shit. And we were reading what he said, like, cut him. You know, this guy's, you know, we, we thought we were going to be, man, we're going to be the most controversial, controversial right. band in the damn world. Man, <laughs> <laughs> and then we were just like, we said, man, we said, man, we got to see this. We, we got to see if this is real. Uh-huh. So back in these days, man, Gigi used to put out ads and rock and, and make my roll, but his fucking phone number in. Yeah. Right? So... We called him one night, got his answer machine. Joe says to him, hey, Gigi Allen, this is Joe Young. I play an anti-scene. And if you're as big and bad as you think you are, he goes, why don't you bring you and your little one-inch dick and come down here and play in Charlotte, North Carolina? My number is blah, 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 blah. Hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> At the shoot. <laughs> so a couple of nights later, we get a we get a phone call. Oh, 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 oh. You know, yeah. And it was him agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> and man, when he got down here, you know, me and him hit it off immediately. Mm-hmm. 
Like he didn't have to get used to me, or I didn't have to, you know. I just I, I treated him the way I want to be treated when right. I come to an out of town show. I mean, they're just coming for this one show, you know. And um, and of course, all hell did break loose, and everything I'd heard of happened right before my eyes. And uh, and I was just like, that was the wildest fucking thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> yeah. And then, ever since that night, we stayed friends. And. During the time when he, I guess, the next step after this meeting would have been when he uh, hooked up with the uh, disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could, cause that's that's where the shit happened that he got. Yeah. And, uh, in, you know, in prison, we wrote to each other, and uh, we actually went to Jackson, Michigan, to visit him. And that meant a lot to him, you know? I mean, we were on tour, but we took a whole day to go out of our way to go visit him. And that, that, that spoke... That spoke a lot to him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That said something to him. And, you know, we were, we stayed friends the entire time when he got out. And we said, hey, man, when you, you know, we got all this, all this, uh, loose stuff that we're not doing anything with. We'd like for you to, you know, we'll, we'll let this be your next album. You know, you can come out. You know, it'll be GD and anti scene. Man, we gave him a cassette. He couldn't have it in prison, but when he got out, he was staying at a halfway house in the Ann Arbor for a while. And, man, he already had a notebook. Full of the songs, right? And by the time he came down to Charlotte, uh, he already had, uh, like, well, I, I don't know how many tunes we did. You know, the album you got from me the other day, mm-hmm. that's it. And uh, um, he he already had the, the tunes. We, we already recorded the music, so we were done. So it's just a matter of him coming down, putting on his vocals. And, and it was and, good, too, because you guys, I mean, I'm a huge Gigi fan, and there isn't a lot of times, though, where you listen to his music. I think like a lot of the early stuff, um, where he actually had like a somewhat decent band behind him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of shit out there. It, it's, it's rough. It's, you know what I mean? It's still cool to listen to, but it's, it's like, fuck man. Like give me something with a good band and that fucking guy front and that attitude. And I think that's what you guys delivered on, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, man, we were just thrilled to be part of a GGI record, you know, that, and I guess he was a contemporary, but we did look up to him, you know, because he kind of he kind of showed. He, you know, we thought we were pushing the envelope. He he shut kind of ball the envelope up and throw it throw it in somebody's face, along with some shit. Give <laughs> was some shit on it. <laughs> the brown <thing. laughs> But but man, um, like a lot of the stuff Gigi sings about on that record. I don't agree with not one bit. Right. Not, not one fucking bit, man. I, I'm pretty much a conservative guy. Did I kill the police stuff? I don't believe none of that. Ain't violence now. I, say, I ain't into that. We played that song live a hundred times. I mean, it's because we got to do a record with Gigi. You know? It's like yeah. I went to sit there and uh, go, well, I don't agree with this subject, so we can't do this. I, it's like, Fuck it, man. Just do what, so just say what you gotta say. You know, I I want to be part of it. I don't care what you fucking say. You can say blow up the world. Now I don't give a damn. <laughs> and uh, we weren't we weren't gonna be censors to him. And you know, it was never discussed. It, it, you know, it was never discussed until now. To be honest, yeah. uh, like people say, um, well, Anton Singh got that song about uh, you know everybody getting out of the country. Blah blah blah. They got songs about this. this. Well, yeah, the, well, they also played with Gigi and got killed the police and assassinated the president. So what, what are they, extreme left or extreme right? Which is <laughs> Maybe we're extreme, we don't give a shit what you think, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's it, it's so it's so um, critiqued and criticized. And especially, I mean, it, it doesn't matter when things were done. I mean, you guys, well, you cut that album going on, what, 30 years ago now? Close yeah, it, uh, Gigi came to the airport, and I was supposed to pick it up, but my daughter was being born. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's now 28 years old. So, yes, it was 20, 28, 29 years ago. Man, it's just fucking wild how fast time flies, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, uh, you kind of think back to a time, you know, and you can think about this with music or wrestling, mm-hmm. which we're kind of supposed to be big on it. Well, that's the glory it's about fun. our shows. We like to go all over the place. So, there's there's no restriction. But wasn't it great when you could just enjoy stuff? Yeah. Movies and stuff. You, all you have to do is enjoy it. You didn't have to put it under a microscope. Yeah. It was definitely simpler times, brother. Well, I long for those times. I long for that because that's the way I grew up. That's the way I live. This was the way the shit that's going on now, man. I, I don't want a part of it. Right? <laughs> yeah, dude, I hear you on that. Well, uh, let me ask you this. So, I mean, you guys, what was the, what was the last thing you remember saying to Gigi before he, uh, <laughs> before he went on that infamous uh, hey, bender? Hey, hey, hey. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. 
he he was down. Man, it's like he would come down to Charlotte and stay with us when he really wanted to decompress. Mm-hmm. He didn't want people to know where he was. He didn't want the phone ringing. I mean, back then it was phone on the wall, but you know he didn't want being tracked down. And uh, you know we'd always always feed him, treat him, treat him like family. You know, because I, I guess in our mind, I mean, I still I still am close with mom. You know. And, uh, yeah. I, I guess both the Allen boys were always like family to me. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Hey, and um, he came down and he was with that chick that he did those... um, talk shows with. He got um, a phone call from someone and said they wanted him to be on Jane Whitman's mm-hmm. talk show, a daytime talk show. And uh, he was uh, staying with us. And at the time, we recorded that acoustic stuff, uh, you know, the kind of country sounding stuff they call Gigi Allen and the Carolina Chick Kickers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we recorded one part of it months ago and then, then we recorded two more that day and we were just sucking around because we had the we had the gear and all the and the band there. So we just did it and uh kinda on the fly. No plans for it really, you know. And he gets the call to go to Jane Whitney, so he goes and uh, but first I gotta say we, we had a show that weekend and he was gonna come on and we were gonna play play a song and he was gonna come on at the end and, and do it with us. And raise all kind of hell. <laughs> him and that girl were waiting in our bus and I had I they got in some kind of argument or something, and they took off, and we just kind of left there holding the bag. I mean, we didn't announce it or anything. But, you know, after that, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it, you know? <laughs> so they had got a hotel, and they were there, and I just remember that was on Saturday. I didn't hear from him until Monday. He called me up. He said, man, I just want to tell you I'm sorry about the other night. And I said, what happened? And he said, ah, we started getting into it, and then I was in a fucking shitty mood and I just wanted to get the fuck out of there and I mean you know he, he made he made amends for it and but the last thing I ever talked to him I, he apologized to me and I know people say ah, Gigi Allen don't apologize to nobody I said well you know what there's the people that knew the motherfucker and the people that read about him on the internet it gets which category I'm in <laughs> exactly <laughs> so uh yeah that's what happened and we were I was in the studio producing another band uh Man, I got a call. I got a call from Bill. He's like, man, he's like, this is, this is the call that we've been figuring, you know, I've been giving you a few years now. Mm-hmm. And even though we were expected it at any time, it sure as hell didn't make it any easier. Yeah, fucking A, man. And, you know, that's, that's, like you said, that there's this perceived notion of uh, what people who you know, read the tabloids and everything, thought they knew about the man. Then there's, you know, the people that knew him. And, it, and it's cool to hear, you know, your take and your your viewpoint on that. Because it's like, it, it, at the end of the day, I, I, I mean, he was just a, he was a human like everybody else. He just liked to fucking piss people off and, and stir up shit. And he did it in the most extreme way possible. And I, I'm a firm believer that, I mean, there'll never be another guy like him ever again, you know? No, there won't. And uh, anyone that tries, I mean, they're, they're just going to be a pale imitation because, uh, I mean, but now, I mean, what, what all you got to do is... Uh, Barf. <laughs> just pick a couple of choice words and you're the worst son of a bitch that ever will there. Yeah. So, fuck it. <laughs> Speaking of fuck it, um, I, I was kind of creeping you out on uh, through your Facebook um, pictures. Dude, you've met a lot of fucking wrestlers. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of EC Dub boys I've seen. Um, tell us about Vic Foley, man. Uh, do, do you have any kind of relationship with him? Man, let me tell you something about Vic Foley. When, when I first discovered Cactus Jack, mm-hmm. it wasn't when most people did, which, you know, I guess would have been what? Uh, a WCW? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, I was I was tuned in to what he had going on when he was with Eastern Championship before it turned into Extreme Championship. Yeah, and it might have even been. It might at this point, it might have even been Tri-State. Right. I mean, they had guys had like uh, with Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. And they had three really big, brutal shows. Uh, 
the thing that got me hooked on him was, see, man, I used to know this dude in Philadelphia named Furry Counts. He used to run this uh, mail order business called Mondo, mm-hmm. and he had a store up there. And every time we were in Philadelphia, you know, we, we'd go hang out with this guy. He made a Bruiser Brody t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, so I hang out one of those. Man, I saw a picture in a wrestling magazine of this guy named Cactus Jack wearing the same Bruiser Brody shirt as me. So he was already cool in my book. Just <laughs> but man, we dressed the same. <laughs> I always wore black warm-up pants. You know, jogging pants. Jog, yeah, I'm going to jog. I wore, whatever they are. Sweat, man. <laughs> yeah, sweat, man. Yeah, sweat. I do sweat. And, uh, and um, you know, he's wearing flannel shirts. Like, I got I wore flannel shirts since I was a kid. I was like, man, this dude, this is what I would look like if I was in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out we're the same age and everything. But, um, man, and then, he, and then, you know, he came to WCW. We got to see him every week. Mm-hmm. And he quickly became my favorite wrestler. You say he's <laughs> your favorite of all time? Not my favorite of all time. You know who that is. Man, I live in Charlotte. <laughs> Woo! That's all you gotta say, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. But I remember he was doing the Great American Bash at uh, Memorial Stadium here. And um, I got a anti shirt. I wrote him a letter. Put it in a pack and gave it to Grizzly Smith. Nice. Jake the Snake said. He ran it back there on a golf cart. And did he get it? Well, fuck, I don't know. It fart out of it. That damn thing went in the trash for it. It went in the damn uh, dressing room. But, man, when he came out, me and a couple of buddies, you know, and they all had anti shirts on and shit. He came out, and he leaned in over the damn rail, pointed at us, and did the bang bang. So <laughs> I knew he got the damn shirt. Fuck yeah. So then... A couple weeks later, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching, watching, you know, WCW, one of the shows, and it's kind of a replay thing. It's a uh, training thing where the barbarian was in his stable. Remember, the Texas Jack had a stable. Yeah, yeah. He was wearing some kind of hippie-looking uh, hoodie thing. You know, just pulled over, but it had a low neck. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing the damn top shirt. <laughs> That's what's up. So then, you know, we, we wrote the song about him. We tried to get him like. Let me tell you this, man. We were playing CBGB. And I wrote him a letter. This is back when you had to do everything by letter. Yeah, yeah. And I told him, I said, you know, Nick, we're going to be at uh, CBGB. Because at this point, he was living in Long Island. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, you know, if you could come out, you know, of course, you you would be our guest. And uh, so I never heard from him. I didn't know whether he got a letter or not. And uh, we're loading in a, C- a CBGB, you know, Hilly Crystal there. Uh, Ruth, uh, what, what's her name? She was there. She's the one that they had a phone booth in there. And the phone booth rang. She picked it up. And she goes, anyone here named Jeff Clayton? And I said, yeah, yeah, me. She goes, do you have a phone call? And I'm like, yeah, damn, who's calling me at CBGB? It's probably some bad shit going on. <laughs> and I get in there, and he's like, <laughs> he's like hey. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. He goes, cactus. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, man, listen. He goes, I appreciate the invitation. I would love to come. But, man, I just got back from Japan, and I am I am beat up, and I got, you know, jet lag and all. He goes, I just can't make it. And I said, hey, man, that's great. I said, the invite's always open. You know, whenever we're anywhere, you're always our guest, you know? Yeah. And so, well, you know, I started seeing him at, at, at matches all the time, and he, he he recognized me. He always, like, man, from the very beginning, he always, like, knew my name. He never had to ask me my name again, or, and you're from, you know, all this kind of stuff. Cause we'd always give him stuff. Mm-hmm. I always gave him records and stuff that had Cash Jack, and I, I didn't think, oh, yeah, not everybody is stuck in 73 and listens to uh, vinyl like me. But, uh, <laughs> they are now. Yeah, now or now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like every single time I ever saw him, he was always very, very polite, very cordial, and went out of his way for me, even several times. And the last time, well, I guess it wasn't the last time I saw him in person, but I saw him do one of his uh, his comedy things Yeah, at, at a comedy club here in Charlotte. And the manager of the comedy club used to manage one of the clubs we played, and she was a good friend of mine, and she knew I... I love Mick Foley, so she's like, uh, listen, I got you and your wife, like, you know, stage side table when he comes. I was like, wow, that's going to be great, you know? And I'm going in there kind of trying to be, uh, I mean, I don't go everywhere thinking, oh, everyone's going to know who I am. I'm this big star now, shit. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going in there, and man, there's people bringing shit up 
to get me to sign and get no picture of me with me. I'm just like, God damn, I'm just trying to, you know, do this. I mean, yeah. it, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. It's like, God damn, you know? And uh, he comes on, and he sees us sitting there, and, man, he catered the entire show to me. Like, he'd always, like he was talking about, yeah, once I was working working down there with the um, Von Erics, and uh, I remember I was going to do this thing where I crashed through this wall, and there was a beam right in it, and he goes, yeah, you would appreciate this. He goes, I went, <laughs> and he's going to include me in every story just about. That's it was sick. so funny. It, 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 you know, I don't take shit like that for granted. I, I was... I was tickled to death about it. I'm, not, I'm always a fan, you know. Yeah. Long I've done this, man. When when I get to see people that I admired and always, I, I still admire them. You know, it 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 don't get old hat for me. I I got to do a tour with uh, the obsessed. I got to see nice. see you know, perform nine times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, uh, yeah. and then Dave Chandler writes me and tells me about your show. Hey, man, you got to be on this show. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dave Chandler, you only met me one time. <laughs> he's like, oh, I know you, man. You're that, that dude, man. You, you love wrestling. And yes, yes, sir, I certainly do. <laughs> and, and he's like me, man, you got to do this show. I mean, because you know how many times I get people, hey, you want to do my podcast? I'm like, right. you know, what, 9 o'clock? I, you know, I got to go to bed at 9.30. And, um, <laughs> and um, I'm like, well, fucking Dave Chandler says I got to do your show. I got to do it. Fuck yeah. Well, Dave's the man. I mean, I appreciate it. I remember too, when he was on he was he spoke nothing but high praise about it. He's like, Man, you gotta have him on and you know, Luke Hawk's uh, another guy, another wrestler and I'm like, dude, I would I fucking almost shit my pants. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. You know, like I said, I love having guys on, especially in the music scene. You know, I'm in the music business myself, like so to be able to share that camaraderie of, of pro wrestling, man, and be able to sit here bullshit about wrestling amongst other things, to me, I mean it's there's no greater joy, you know, I fucking get to sit here and shoot the shit with fucking Jeff Clayton about pro wrestling, man. It's, it's fucking killer, dude. That's what life's about. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm honored to have you ask. I mean, I, I didn't make it, I didn't, I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, people ask me and I just shrug it off, which is sometimes, sometimes too much. much. And, I, and, and, I, and believe me, I do not take it for granted, man. The fact that anyone wants to hear a goddamn word I got to say about anything means the world to me. I'm, I'm not, too important to talk to anyone. And um and I don't know, you know, I'm sitting there Saturday night late watching me some Fox News, getting all mad and I was yeah. bling, here comes my it's like Dave Chandler, what the hell is Dave Chandler me about? <laughs> hey man, you, you gotta do this damn show. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chandler says I gotta do it, so I'm doing it, I reckon. Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave's a good man. Love talking to that guy, man. Man, I love St. Vitus. They're one of my favorite bands, man. Oh yeah, dude. I it's it's so crazy. I mean, they're lump, you know, they're lumped in with like as being, you know, some of the forefathers of that whole doom movement with like Pentagram and uh, dude, it's it's amazing. Like just going back and watching some of that old shit, and even still to this day, I mean, they still fucking rock out. You know, um, God damn it, it was so cool to hear that he was a, a wrestling, find out that he was a wrestling fan. Like I told him, I was like, man, I was watching a fucking mentors documentary, and like I've seen you and I, I think it was, I think it was him and Wino. Um, they were talking about fucking El Duce, and he's wearing an ECW shirt, and I'm like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. I'm like, well, but you know, and I, here's the way I do shit, Jeff. Like I, I just hit people up, you know. I try to be real because I think real recognizes real. I don't have to try to be. I just am, you know. I don't like, hey, this is top forty radio hits. Uh, do a new one podcast, you know. Fuck all that. I, I, it's a lot cooler for me when you can just be real with people and it, and it rubs off and it's, it's giving back and forth, you know? So I was sitting there and I'm like, man, you know, like I'm just going to hit this dude up or hit St. Vitus up and see what it would take. You know, like I could probably score like Dave on my show, you know, like that's the shit I got to tell myself in my head. So I actually do it instead of just being a fucking little coward, you know, and not asking. And I, I hit them up and I think like a week or so later, I, I got a response. I was like, yeah, hit up Dave. And here's his fucking email. I was like, holy shit. And, and it came, man. And now I got you and uh, the world's looking fucking all sunshine and rainbows. And all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, let, let me ask you this, though. So it's a cliche question, and I, I guess I'm not, I'm not going to do the Mount Rushmore shit. But I'd like to know, who would you say would be like your top five favorite wrestlers of all time, man? Top five. Top five, healer baby, doesn't matter. 
Let me think here a second, okay? Mm-hmm. Brody. Yes. Abby. Ooh, yeah. Mick. That's Cactus. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spire. Funk. Harry. Funk. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right What's the most brutal match you've ever seen in person? Sting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Man, I saw, saw Sabu and Taz tear up a damn armory in Concord, oh. North one day. I was like, God, oh, yeah. Man, we've had, we've had Sabu on the show, too, man. I remember I used to go to one of the, you know, some of those uh, shows they had down here with the Mid-Atlantic, uh, you know, back in the, the 70s and 80s. That was a good show. You know, one, one of those Thanksgiving things. And, man, time has kind of it kind of muddied the details for me. But one thing that's perfectly clear is that uh, it was Rick. Claire and Greg Valentine. Now, I don't know if they were partnering up or if they were against each other, but it was a cage. And every time they climbed up on that top rope and got on that cage, man, those blonde heads were just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, like, him and, and even the American Dream, Death the Rhodes back in the day, man, like, those bleach blonde motherfuckers, dude. So you get a little trickle of blood. It, it just seemed like all of a sudden, it was it was gushing out their whole head, man. It was like it it just made such a great fucking picture, such a great visual, man. I mean, I wonder if that's why some of the guys did bleach their hair out. I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure some of those guys that just might have been. Yeah, I've never really thought about that. I got damn. <laughs> but man, I mean, it's like you know, I, I really. I really love that that old stuff like that. I mean, it's like I take this leap from the from the old stuff, you know, and then to that, you know, uh, when we started discovering the American version of hardcore, and then when 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 I learned about Japanese hardcore was through Wing, Wing and IWA, you know, with a Matsunaga yeah. and uh, Pogo and and that kind of stuff, and then of course, you know, when they did the tournament where uh, Funk and Cactus headlined the thing, you know, with the exploding barbed wire and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, I, I mean, and, and then the thing about it is, look, I'm not going to sit here and knock what's going on today mm-hmm. because I know what's going on today. I mean, there's some kid right now and he watched Raw tonight and he saw something on there and it clicked for him. Right. And 27 years from now, that kid's going to talk about that, even though, you know, I'm sitting here going, you know, whatever. Right. I, I know it's important to someone. I know someone is digging it. And you know what? That's great. As long as they're digging it and it's wrestling, I'm good with it. Well, that being said, do you, have you watched anything like of the newer products like AEW Impact or anything? Man, I have not. I, I, I'm, ah. I, I did watch, what's the one that uh, Billy Corrigan's doing? Uh, the NWA. I did watch the first couple of that and I enjoyed it. But man, it's like I am so, I'm so busy. These days, uh, you would not with, with the uh, the almighty lockdown and stay home. You know that I, <laughs> I'm busier than I've ever been, man. And I just don't have time to watch TV. I really, right. and I told you, I, I told you in one of my texts to you that uh, I hate technology, so I don't know how to do a TV bar or nothing like that. I don't, you know, so I'm kind of a I, you know, I guess if, if if I didn't have a whole lot going on all the time, I, I probably would. I got I I get pulled in so many directions that have nothing to do with uh, oh, sure. really core uh, any kind of entertainment whatsoever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there's some good stuff going on. I'm sure there's some good people, or else you know, it, it still wouldn't be going. Oh yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, like what they're doing with AEW. I mean, there's it's modern. There's Hell of fucking athletes. There's some good throwback shit, and there's some hardcore shit. You know, we're talking about seeing some thumbtacks and some crazy fucking spots and all that and brutality. And, and it's got some guys that you, you might remember, you know, like Chicken Snake Roberts, Arn Anderson, um, brands like uh, MLW, Major League Wrestling. Like, the same deal, man. And they're, they have the Von Eric boys. Um, Kevin's boys are wrestling for them. Um, they had, they have a good mix. They have a show. It's on YouTube. It's called Fusion. And it, dude, you want like strong style? You want deathmatch? You want fucking pretty much anything in wrestling that isn't bullshit? You know, it's not like some hokey dokey soap opera WWE shit. Um, it, it's great to watch, and it's it's really fucking cool. And they they do a lot of and fuck, they've had um, guys like Terry Funk 
in the promotion, like early on in the early 2000s, and they're just now releasing a lot of that footage, man. I think it was a death match between Dusty. It was like Dusty and Terry Funk, and I think Steve Carino, um, some other guys, man, but a lot of really cool shit. If you ever get like a second out of your busy motherfucking life to check it out, man. Yeah, man. That sounds like something up man. You know what? I can tell you the last two wrestlers that were new to me. I mean, I guess when I tell you their names, you might go, well, goddamn, man, that's like 10 years ago. But um, the little Japanese girl that comes out with the mask. Oh, Asuka? Yes. I was very impressed with her when I saw her. Um, also, the the kid, the Japanese kid that they were fishing, doing strong style, always wore the uh, teeth, teeth guard, the black teeth guard. Oh, is that a, who the fuck is that? With WWE? Yeah. Uh, I guess he was on, uh, what was that, uh, like, training league show they did? Uh, are you talking about, like, uh, it wasn't Yoshikatsu, was it? No, man, skinny guy, long hair, young dude, Japanese. They always said, you know, that like they were really pushing that term strong style. Oh, I got uh, um, Shuke Nakamura. That's him, yes. I like him when I saw him. Yeah, dude, he's he's had some hella matches in New Japan, dude. Uh, against like uh, Brock Lesnar went over there when he first left WWE. And they got it on, and uh, dude, these Shinsuke is good, man. I really like how he's utilizing WWE, but. That's just kind of thing, you know. They're a huge corporation. They're a bastardized version of themselves, you know. Well, I mean, man, you know, I, I look at look. I mean, WWE had Rob Van Dam and Sabu, and look what they did to them. Yeah, <laughs> well, that and <laughs> they happened to get busted with drugs, but you know, like, that's mean, the they, first, like they're the first ones to ever do that. Hell no, hell no. I Randy Orton still around and that I didn't know that dude's been doing some shit. You tell me the party boys ain't doing drugs. <laughs> right. No shit. Well I've got an angle going on right now. I don't know if they just finished it up or whatever, but uh with Jeff and basically making fun of his alcoholism. Well not making fun, <laughs> but using it in, as a storyline. Yeah. Like, damn man, they didn't they didn't learn anything from when they were doing that shit with Hawk from Legion of Doom and you know Scott Hall back at WCW. I can't believe that was painful to watch, dude. Especially with uh, for me, like as a kid with the Road Warriors, because I fucking love the best man between them and like Rock and Roll Express, and I'd say like Monday, like Dumbuck. That Road Warriors is my favorite tag team ever, man. I mean, it just don't get more intimidating as a fucking tandem than those two motherfuckers, you know. My favorite tag team of all was the Gene and Oli version of the Andersons. Nice. Okay. Well, them guys, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Hell yeah. The only the fucking brute. I back to saw them and, like, bumped into them. They hurt me. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah. Dude, so I, I, I was also surfing through your guys' vast catalog um, on iTunes. And you guys, you guys actually have a fucking wrestling album that's straight up nothing but, like, wrestling-themed music. And songs yes sir it's fucking awesome and you guys cover bad street usa yeah matter of fact we we just put that out on a single we we just did a track where we uh had jerry a from poison idea doing lead vocal oh no shit and the b-side was it's a split with it's an anti-scene doing a split with anti-scene we <laughs> did a track from 2012 and uh that, that was bad street yeah it's fucking amazing i love that that um so our first, uh, what was it? I don't know. And 80-something shows that we did, it was the first 20 seconds intro of Bad Street USA was what I was using for our intro theme music because I, dude, that's like my favorite wrestling thing, man, dude. I own the fucking, there's a DVD out. It's like a behind the scenes, like almost like a behind the music of it. <laughs> Back on Bad Street, man, I'll have to I'll have to get you a copy and fucking. Oh, man, I'd love to see that. <laughs> Dude, it's great, and it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is even better, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I dude, I got the seven inch of that shit. I just that takes you back to that time too, as a young kid, and all those fucking big ass hair fucking dudes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I I just love it, like the smoke filled arenas, you know. Like I was talking about, like reading the old PWIs and shit, and uh, just seeing all that, and the fucking dudes all bloody, and like all the guys rocking those Texas territories and the Southern territories back in the day. Like, that was my shit, dude. And 
the Freebirds ran some motherfucking hell back in the day. And, I, you know, I'd have to put them up there, too, as another one of my favorite tag yeah. teams and or factions, you know. They're, like, one of the first, uh, I mean, everybody has, like, you know, there's the horsemen and shit, but, I mean, let's face it, dude, the Freebirds were three dudes. I mean, they weren't, I mean, they were a tag team, you know, but it was, they were more like a faction before there really was one, you know. And, yep, I agree. And I just, I love that, that music video, too. That <laughs> shit's so silly. Did you ever hear the whole album that he cut back when that came I'm out? <laughs> I cut that album. <laughs> Hell yeah. He would read copies of it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I just thought that was awesome. You guys got the Sabu song on there, Cactus Jack. Um, What the fuck else? Parts Unknown. Yeah. Good shit, man. Really good shit. Well, Jeff, before we wind down here, man, um, dude, brother, I'm definitely going to have to get you back on here sometime. We shoot the shit about some more wrestling, man, whenever you're... I would love to listen every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I I go live on the Anti-Scene Facebook page and I do a thing where I can talk about Anti-Scene's history. Uh, it's called Break On Through, and I I don't know how many I've done now. I've been doing it the entire shutdown, and uh, there was a time when I was doing Tuesdays and Thursdays, but then I kind of wrapped it down to Tuesdays when things started opening up and people getting busy. But uh. I talk about, um, I mean, you can, there's a lot of different um, things you talk about. Not just, oh, we played here, we played there. We played there. It's just the people that, that were in our orbit and allowed us to be in theirs. And the people we met, the people that we that influenced us, and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I talk about all kinds of things. And I would like to also have you and your listeners uh, check out um, a company that I designed t-shirts for called On The Mark Shirts cartel and uh they do a thing where they sell the shirt you know for a week and then uh they do a pre-order and that's it and then you can't get it no more and there's one up now of a very very cool design if i do say so myself of the great kabuki and gary hart oh i did see that i did see that on facebook hell yeah <laughs> that's fucking awesome dude gary hart they also uh mlw that company i was telling you about man they they do a lot of things they uh tribute packages and stuff to him. I think um, they've—I can't remember what exactly his ties were. I think early on, before he passed, he had some ties with MLW. So that they like acknowledge guys like that, you know. Well, I mean, they were the best. Yeah, and it's nostalgia. Let's face it, man. As wrestling fans, we fucking love that shit that we grew up on, you know. So when you see it in like modern day and it's getting it's just you. It's too fucking cool for school, man. I'll tell you what, I'm writing ML. Did you say MLW? MLW, Major League Wrestling. They even had Tony Schiavone calling, uh, doing commentary for him for a little while before he went to the AEW. Well, I just wrote that on my dry race board, so that'll remind me to look at it. Fuck yeah. Jeff, once again, man, I, I am totally grateful for this opportunity, man. Um, friends can't touch, dude. Fucking hopefully I can feed you some wrestling. That, you know, maybe get you back a little more when you got time to do it. And uh, everybody out there listening right now, please make sure you check out what Jeff's got going on. Um, I was able to check out a couple of those live videos you did. And like I said, anybody that's a fan of the band or just the scene of what was going on, you know, around these guys, you're going to fucking love this shit. And I know a few people off the top of my head, they're going to go batshit crazy once they still listen to this and find out. So, um, yeah. I'm going to be scoring that Gary Hart t-shirt too, man, because that's, I can't let that shit slide. That's fucking awesome. Great Kabuki's awesome, man. He's one of, actually, and you guys cut the track on uh, this guy too, with uh, the Great yeah, Buddha. The, um, the uh, Mysterious Green Mist. Yeah, yeah. And storyline-wise, I mean, you know, um, Muda was like, what, the son of the Great Kabuki? The son of the Great Kabuki, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah, brother. So, man, everybody, please, Hit us up at Juice Pro Wrestling on Instagram, Juice Pro Wrestling on Facebook, and JP Dub Podcast on Twitter. JPDub.com is our YouTube channel. Hit the fucking like and subscribe button. When you're there, fucking share those videos with your friends because you get to hear cool fucking times like this, like this fucking session right with fucking Jeff. <laughs> like, uh, thanks for having me. I, I really had a good time talking to y'all. Oh, so, yeah, anytime, brother. It's an honor and a privilege, brother. I, uh, dude, until next time. We gotta wet him up. Hey, I'm so fucking wet for Jeff Glenn. And that shit's fucking insane. Better buy the fucking t-shirts. Buy the music or we will find you.
You gonna sure. do sex to me? Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe. Stay connected. Think big and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus.